Yes, it's the Finnish football show. As ever, the theme tune start, restarts itself and I'm never quite quick enough to get it started. I'm not going to apologise. You're used to this by now. This is Finnish football show 22. I'm Mark Wiltshire from Explore Finland radio show. Thanks for joining me. As ever, I'm joined today by Mark from FC Suomi. Hi, Mark. Hello. And Keke, uh, who's a regular contributor to the stand fanzine. Hi, Keke. Moi. He's making his return. He did such a good job last time, we decided to keep him. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a full-time member of the team now, Keke, as long as you can put up with us too. And this shambolic show that we run. Very professional. <laughs> so far, so good. It's only been a minute. Um, and it's actually only been only been six weeks since the last show. Uh, since then, we've seen the start of the Vakehouse Liga season 2019. So in this episode, we'll go back, summarise the first six or so rounds of games... Talk about what we've noticed so far. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll also be talking about and also how some of the players are getting, getting on it overseas. And we'll, we'll look at both the light and the shade of that situation. Uh, and I guess I don't know if he deserves a second shout out, but uh, Barbarian uh, suggested we take a look at a couple of these, and uh, we decided to expand it. So uh, there you go, Barbarian. There's your there's your second shout out. Let's see if he comes back again next time. We've also got the new regular features, Ya Silla Sipoli, and following, uh, as well as the ever-present news feature to uh, to kick things off. So, as ever, this show is live on YouTube. Yes, I can see myself going out, slightly delayed. So, um, and just checking. I think you can make comments. Last time you couldn't make comments, but I think you can make comments this time. Uh, I also tried a little something new and created a, a Facebook event for the show. Um, for this, like for this recording. So if you if you have a look on there and post some comments, we can see those. Maybe um, Keith and Mark can also keep an eye there. For me, it's a bit like flying a, a, an aircraft in here. I've got so many screens and tabs open. So uh, if you guys can keep an eye on there as well, um, podcast listeners can use social media to get in touch, like you like you have done before with your feedback. Our handles are at FC Suomi, at Explore Finland, and at Keke Muleri. Um, and find that that Facebook event I mentioned. It's within the Finnish Football Show Facebook group. Um, so find the group, ask to join, and we'll let you in. Um, been a bit more active in there recently. So I've I've created a, a YouTube playlist for Bakehouse Liga highlights. So I'm sharing, I'm sort of adding adding highlights to that when I uh, when I can find them, um, and sort of sharing that from time to time in the group. And I'm also kind of posting pictures of the league tables and the top scorer charts and things like that. So trying to make it a little bit more interactive. So if those of you that are in there see these things, interact with them, for goodness sake. That's what it's there for. <laughs> After today, we'll try and get the podcast out in a few days. I've been quite good recently um, at getting it out quite quickly. So uh, hopefully within a day or two. But now let's kick off the first, show, the first half of the show. And... Uh, We've I've had a bit of input into the agenda and the script for today, so uh, here we go. Uh, before we kick off the first, <laughs> I can't say it. Before we kick off the first half of the show, I promise to limit my B words to Brondbu, Bundesliga, Baka, Bayer Leverkusen, Bernhani Veto, or Boris Rottenberry Jr. 
without mentioning a certain divisive political situation that also starts with B. The amount of greed, yeah, I can see you waving your hands in the air, Mr. <laughs> Mr. H. Um, it only slips out once. I get asked about this every every few days being in Finland, but let's let's leave that B word behind. And let's start with some recent news. Uh, we planned this, but as ever, Mark will probably bring up something that broke just a few minutes ago. Um, but why don't we why don't we start maybe with Keke and tell us a little bit about this HFK fan protest? Yeah, well, um, those of you who are members of our Facebook group, and um, if you listen to this and you're not, then why not? So get involved. But um, you may have seen a uh, may have seen a photo that was uh, of a empty Telia Arena posted last week by James Firth. Um, James was asking where all the Hifki fans were uh, when the photo was taken, and it soon became apparent that Stadding Kingit, their uh, fan group, had staged a boycott of the first part of the game. Now, this was in protest against plans for the majority shareholding of um, Helsinki EF Corps football department to be um, to be sold to a foreign consortium. The Hifki fans showed off a banner reading uh, in Finnish, no to sneaky businessmen. This is our EF Corps, which um, I quite like the look of. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if um, if Mark, you know, you know a little bit more about these uh uh, alleged sneaky businessmen. I know they are involved in a in a Danish in a Danish club as well. Are they not? Yeah, they are. I mean, they start off with a with a humble beginnings of being a traditional Chinese slash Moldovan investment company. So you know you can trust them. Uh, they invested in Velje uh, in Denmark. Velje um, it's a club that has it's like a hundred and twenty year history. So it started in the eighteen hundreds. It won tons of trophies back in the in the 50s and the 60s but then it had a bunch of financial troubles and sort of fell out of favor and sort of went into the wilderness for a couple of decades does that sound familiar hefty fans um they got bought out by these chinese moldovans uh i think it was four three three years ago four years ago and they pumped a bunch of a bunch of money in they got promoted from the danish first division into the uh, Superliga, but now they're bang bottom of the Superliga. They're going into the relegation playoffs, and they're odds-on favourite to get relegated. They they're currently racking up something like a, a half a million euro uh, debt, and uh, they've got two or three players that have been brought in from China that have never played a game. Uh, two or three players that have been brought in from sort of Russia and um, other far-flung corners of the earth that have that have never played. So they've got a sort of 29-30 man squad. Five to five to ten players haven't played. And they're in debt, and they're going down. So it's a uh, the Hifki fans have got every right and every reason to be to be properly worried about those guys. So just at the moment, just to clarify, is the um, is the football department of Hifki still intrinsically linked to the hockey department, or are they separate entities? Do we know? Uh, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it, it was it was separated out after they got into the Vegas League the first time back in the day. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that, but I don't think they share the same like infrastructure and cost and the rest of it. If there's but a the ownership, advice, but the ownership is Finnish at the moment. That's 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 true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, it would it it'd be a, it'd be a shame to lose a to lose a, a Finnish football club. To to I know there's a lot of these foreign investors trying to make money in in lots of football clubs like we've seen in England and and, and elsewhere. But you know it'd be a shame that an old traditional club like Hifki gets uh, gets sold off to um, to people who who may come in with all bright ideas and not necessarily have the uh, the best interests at heart. 
all allegedly, of course. We don't want to get in trouble, but here you go. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the problem that you can see is that it, depending on how the ownership model works, it, it d defines roughly where the debts go if you start raking them up. And the, the, the big problem for a for someone like Hifke is that the kind of debts that Velia are, are raking up is not the kind of debts you can just sort of do a honker and walk away from. It's not like a couple like players that weren't paid or a couple of others. This would be the kind of thing that would keep him like, you know, there'd be like <laughs> there'd be some serious consequences. Mm. So it's uh, and, and that, and I mean, you know, Finland's had its fair share of like scandal and you know match fixing and weird betting patterns and the rest of it. So I think it's uh, yeah, it's way too risky to to to, to get involved with. This, this talk of this talk of sorry, Keith, you were going to say something. No, I was just going to say. So basically, we at the Finnish football show are right behind the uh, Stadding King it and um, back their protest one hundred percent. I believe. Yep. Yeah. In this in this case, we're right behind you, boys. Sometimes we're at the opposite end, shouting towards you. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just being football supporters. Yeah. <laughs> and and this this kind of protest in in a way leads on to my my news story, which is another. Another kind of protest, uh, almost in the opposite direction. This was a, uh, an Ukkonen game between FF Yaro and uh, Tamisari EAF, um, where there was a, some racist insult was shouted by one person in the crowd. Now, in a season where in many different countries we've seen all, all different kinds of ugly uh, incidents of, of racist behaviour from the, from the fans... Um, and players are starting to sort of stand up to it. In this case, it was the referee that stood up to it. Referee, and I think he deserves a, a shout-out as well, referee Mohamed Al-Emara, who stopped the game for five minutes um, when he heard this, this um, insult being shouted out and has been roundly applauded for it, for following, I guess, UEFA directives on dealing with this with this kind of thing and just saying that this has got to stop and um he's got history he did it last year as well so this is this is one referee who's not not going to just take it i've i've no idea where his roots are but clearly he he has some um heritage going back to another another country and so maybe he he feels it more than more than others and and he's standing up for it and i think that in its own way that's a protest and that's also one that needs um needs to be applauded and i'll share a link to the story of course it's in finnish but with the marvels of google translate it's worth it's worth a read because uh ff Yaro completely condemned the action of their of their supporter and completely supported the referee and and there, there should be more there should be more of it i, I actually that said Having read a couple of stories, there's a, there's about twenty incidences a year within Finland of some kind of racial um, insult, um, and that's twenty too many clearly. But it's not endemic. I've I've maybe in the in the sort of eight or nine years I've been watching football in Finland, I've heard things shouted maybe three times and generally these people are told to shut up by the other fans um but it's it's a good it's a good thing and it's a high high profile thing and someone meant actually julian friend of the show julian mentioned it to me and i thought i'd bring it to the wider the wider population <laughs> 
Yeah, hats off to the ref. I mean, there's been a couple of like in the, on the on the bigger sort of world stage. There was uh, Patrick Vieira, the coach, and it was at the lad Keen from Juventus, um, and a couple of others that have sort of, as players or coaches, have had to sort of throw the towel in and take the players off and say that they're not going to participate anymore until like somebody sorts it out. And that's always a tricky thing because it always puts the players and the coaches in a really weird position, right? Because it's like, well, why are you stopping the game? And it's you know whatever. So. The fact that the ref stepped up and took control of the situation, I think, is just massively laudable. And hats off to the fella. The, um, the, the, it's been happening quite a bit in Italy recently, hasn't it? There, there's, yeah. It seems to be a massive problem there at the moment. And apparently, the um, the directive there is uh, if on on the third on the third incident or the third time of the referee hearing anything like that, he stops the game. Why it takes them three? three chances I don't know but um but yeah obviously these referees are reluctant are reluctant to uh, to do that so um yeah hats off to the guy who's um, who's taken a stand and, and and halted the game so that so that they can they know that it, it's not acceptable mark do you have any breaking news for us uh, of course yes. he does. Of course, of course I do. A little bit of breaking news um so uh, I'm going to throw you a, a curveball of a name Crawford Ray right so Saturday, there was a there was a news story that came out Saturday that had me and a, and a couple of others sort of scratching their heads. Jonathan Johansson, former Finnish uh, forward and you know general goal getter and handsome handsome guy, uh, he quit uh, Greenock Morton uh, about an, uh, half an hour I think before kickoff on their final game of the season uh, this Saturday, and nobody had any goddamn idea why. Uh, there's been an interview now, I think, in, in the Herald or in, in one of the Scottish presses today with Crawford Ray, who's the chairman of the uh, of, of Greenock Morton. And basically, what what had transpired is um, uh, there's a there's a player called Telfer who was one of the co- sort of high earners in in Greenock Morton, and the chairman had basically come down and said like, "Don't we're losing too much money. Don't play Telfer." And they had a bit of an argy bargy with uh, Jonathan Johansson and his his uh, assistant manager. And eventually, after that sort of argy-bargy calmed down, the chairman had basically agreed to field Telfer. But the management team basically said at the time that, well, you know, first of all, it's the last game of the season. I think they were they were basically odds on paper. They, they, Greenwich Morton ended up finished sixth, finishing sixth, which is um, it's not a bad it's not a bad uh, end position, particularly given that it's Dinty's first managerial post, and Greenwich Morton aren't exactly like a, a stellar team. Um, but they decided just before kickoff that, that you know that was it. The, the chairman had come down and started to fear and walk. Although we didn't find this out on Saturday, so Saturday everything was like sort of bedlam and, and, and a bit bit crazy because Morton did beat Dundee. Uh, Queen of the South went to the playoffs. Uh, was it Wraith Rovers who went down? I can't remember now. I don't know. Some of the some of the small Scottish team got relegated that wasn't Green at Morton. Um, but it was um, but it was a very strange and a very odd way, and it's a real shame because. Young manager, first job. Um, by all accounts, finishing sixth with Green at Morton in the first division in, in Scotland is, is, a, is a decent, decent endeavour. He's done his job. He's kept them up, or he's kept them sort of competitive. Um, and it's just a shame, just a big shame. It was. Um, I think that the, the story was that this guy he would have um, he would have triggered a clause in his contract had he played yeah. to yeah. get either a pay rise or an extra contract for next year, which mm. is why the chairman had said. Please don't play him. And obviously, once once the chairman's interfering with any any managerial team selection, it it makes the manager's position untenable, really. But yeah. um, the other the other aside to this was, I'm not sure if um, Johansson and his assistant 
were, were going to stay at Greenock next season either. They're, whether they had a contract in place for next season, maybe that was financial also. But uh, yeah, I, was, I think I think they did. I think you signed off for, for it was I think it was one and one. But but basically, the the noises out of this this Crawford fellow, the chairman, was that that you know we're hemorrhaging money and we need to cut costs and cut the bill. I mean, I don't. I, you know, no idea what kind of contract he's on, but he's a first-time manager in the mm. in the in the Scottish, you know, Scottish lower leagues. So he can't be he can't be raking in that much. Um, you're right, you're right, Mark. The achievement is, is it speaks for itself, really. You know, I mean, um, he's he's come in there, he's he's done his job, and uh, and that's the sort of thanks he gets. But hopefully, I mean, before um, before Gerard tipped up at Rangers, he was uh, he was assisting Graham Murty over there. So yeah. uh, in their interim period b- between managers, so hopefully, yeah. hopefully, you know, he, he knows the Scottish leagues. Hopefully, he'll pick up another job up there. Yeah, he's got a decent reputation in Scotland, and he's, you know, he's, uh, yeah, he's, and uh, yeah, like I said, he's whatever. One season under his belt, he's done all right. So he'll be, I think he'll be roughly all right. But it's still a shame. I don't like to see. I don't like to see it. Chairman interfering with the game. Indeed. <laughs> um. Keke, we, we can move maybe on from the news to towards looking into Finnish players overseas. But I think maybe you can start by by telling a little bit about the standout Finnish player overseas, surely, for this uh, this past season. I'm not sure I can think of one, really. But, um... you know, do you want a clue? You want a clue? You've been sending plenty of pictures of him around on social media for the last few yeah. weeks. Got a bit of a man crush on Taino at the moment, especially with his new Mohican haircut. Yeah. Was uh, passed on to him by one of his teammates, which uh, suits him. But yeah, you you can't you can't uh, you can't move for Tamil Pukki, can you? Um, you know, champion, English Football League champion, Golden Boot winner. He's um, he's doing it all. And um, yeah, so I've got actually this is stolen again from our mate Barbarian, but he's retweeted some some stats here. Pukki's played nearly four thousand minutes, forty three starts, seventy five percent accurate passes. Uh, 56 shots, 56 percent shots on target. You know he's made 67 percent successful tackles, so he's doing it all. Tamu, I think he ended up with what was it, 29 goals, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a, a bucket load of assists, nine assists. I think the stat is. So um, score in the in the championship for the team that that were champions. Yeah, so you know, I mean, you can't say fairer than that, can you? He's he's uh, well deserved. You know, I mean, I don't think. Even with the interviews I've seen with himself, I don't think he was expecting it to go this well. Not sure. Not sure. I mean, obviously the Norwich fans would have hoped for promotion, but I'm not sure they thought that um, goal machine Tamer Bukki was going to uh, was going to fire him to the Premier League. But that's what's transpired, and um, let's hope that he can do the business in the top division. And they've taken to him as well, the fans. They've really like they've re- they they really sort of like yeah, they really sort of pally with him. Like, I think I've seen a bunch of interviews where they compare him with like you know Chris Sutton and Jeremy Goss and like a bunch of other Norwich legends from down the years. So he's in like they think that he's up there in like in the sort of A grade of Norwich Norwich players and Norwich folklore. So yeah, just and it, it will be it will be great to see him do it next year. Um, and. And and just get that get that chance because you we we don't need to revisit your rant from the previous show, Mark. But you're you're right. He's 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 viewed a certain way up in Scotland for for a period much earlier in his career. He's gone on to other other teams, other countries. Each time, kind of a step up, and now he's at Norwich and taking that step up with them. And you know. They they haven't spent loads of money in their squad. They haven't bought in loads of star players. I'm sure they'll bring in 
a, a few players through the team next year. But hopefully they won't do what Fulham did, which is lose a load of players, buy big and balls it up, basically. So hopefully they'll they'll kind of grow and develop all together as a team with him in it. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, last season Bromby won the cup in Denmark and finished second in the league. This season they, they've struggled. I think they finished third. Or, they're finishing third or fourth at the moment. They're not. They're not like up there. So without Temu Buki, uh, Bromby aren't doing particularly well. As for Norwich, it's the it's the champion. So the difference between the championship and the Premier League is is they're going to have to buy somebody who can make a little bit better decisions in the final third because they do waste a lot of chat. Like the, the decision making from the from the players around Buki is not always brilliant. I mean, that being said, they've, they've, won, they've won the league with, with, I would say, relatively comfortably. I know Leeds kind of imploded and Sheffield United lost, I think, as well on the, on the, on the last day. But, but um, yeah, Norwich have been, I mean, favourites and pretty much expected to win that league for, for about a month now. So, so yeah, I think, uh, yeah. Yeah, just, it's, we're going to have a, a finished player back in the Premier League. Yeah, that's 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 decent. There was a um, there was a, a, a an online poll as well that a Barbarian put out saying how many goals do we think that Tamu's going to get uh, get in the Premier League? And um, I think the after he got about two hundred votes and um, the predicted goals total is eight to thirteen. So and I mean for I think that'd be a pretty decent haul for him to be honest. First yeah. season in the Premier League for a newly promoted side. If he can register thirteen goals, then he's uh, he, he will have done his bit. I think. Yeah, double but, figures would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah, a double figures puts him basically in. You know, would would make him tradable to any Premier League team. I think if he's if he gets somewhere like if he gets eight, I mean eight's a decent like the eight sort of Shane Long numbers. You know what I mean? That's not like it's not. He's been he's been a, Shane Long's been a Premier League player for God knows how long, too long probably. But but eight he's goals. Got, he's got some dirt on someone. Yeah, <laughs> but eight goals a season is uh, is decent enough. He, if he hits double figures, I mean, who would Solomon Rondon at Newcastle? He's done double figures this year. You know, you're in sort of there's a lot of decent company at that sort of that sort of level. So, so what about some of the other other Finnish players overseas? Um, let's start with some of the some of the the positives. Um, his name's at the top of the list again, but let's let's skip over Demopulki. He's had his uh, he's had he's had almost as much exposure on this show as Barbarian has. So let's look at <laughs> let's just let's look at someone else. Um, I I I think this was me putting this down here, which was was firstly like Glenn Kamara up at up at Rangers, um, who you know from from arsenal moving up to dundee and then into the into the rangers team i haven't i haven't seen much of him playing for rangers but i have seen him look very kind of comfortable playing for the finnish national team i and... watch, i watch quite a lot of scottish football and um and he he just looks he just looks decent in that league he's he's bossing the rangers midfield he's settled into that side the last uh, last game he, he he was a bit quiet but Previous to that, he's six or seven, however many games he's played, he's he's been stand up, and all the Rangers fans are saying it's the best fifty grand they've spent in years. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> money well spent. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and they're expecting him to to hang around there for a good few years and really stamp his authority on their midfield and on that division. You know, if they're gonna if they're gonna further close the gap against Celtic, then um, they're expecting big things from from Glenn Kamara, and obviously playing week in week out. For a, for a team challenging at the top of a of a league, whether you compare that league to to the 
to the British, uh, sorry, English Premier League or the English Championship. It's still a it's still a decent standard when you're at the top of the Scottish Premier League, and it, it only do good things for him and good things for the national side. I, I think. And he was saying the manager's good books by not getting sent off because most of the rest of the Rangers team seems to be in a race to get a red card each game. Yeah, form, former Hoyu core striker uh, Alfredo no. Morelos, not not um, not not adverse to a red card every now and again. No, that's true. Went to his head a bit. Just went, to, you know, a bit, a bit of Russia blood. But um, but but at Dundee, he's he got a lot stronger. He's moved over to Rangers. He stepped up, I think, seamlessly. So like, there's there's been like he's just adapted really well. So he's going to get he's going to be involved in more fights and more battles in the middle of the pitch. If he gets, you know, finishes the season, gets thirty odd games next season, he'll be, you know, he'll be you know one of the one of the next in line to end up in in the Premier League or or one of the bigger leagues. I know Rangers want to hold on to him, but uh, if he keeps developing the way that he's been developing, because he's always like he's always had that sort of technical ability with the ball, like he's always been able to protect the ball and find a pass, and now he's getting physically stronger so he can shield and. You know, start throwing his weight around. I think he'll be phenomenal. And he's not going to win a championship this year. Rangers are going to come slightly short to Celtic, uh, but they're getting closer year on year after the years in the in the doldrums for for Rangers. Um, but there are a few Finns in in various leagues around Europe that are looking like they're going to win a title. Um, you mentioned first of all, Mark Yere Urunen, uh, yep. Hukiad player, and Applying his trade in Belgium. Yeah, and he's had a weird thing. He's had a weird run of form for the Hawker because he's 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 had a, he's picked up a couple of injuries just after being selected uh, for for Finland. So he hasn't played for for a couple of games in the in the national team. Uh, that being said, in Belgium, he's been in Belgium for I'm going to say four years now. And uh, this year they're they're storming at the top of the league. I think they've got three rounds left, and it looks like they're going to lift the 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 pot. Every year he's been there, you know, it's another, I, I've always liked Jere yeah, Uren. When he was at Helsingborg in uh, in Sweden, he just kept getting the job. Like, I was kind of, you do a double take with him because I think he's only like 26, something like that. He played something like 200 games before he was 20. And I mean, there's, 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 not, there's not much like other than like getting games under your belt, competitive games under your belt than to build a player. And he's done it like by, by gradually stepping up league to league to league. And, and um, this win, if he wins the title, it'll either put him in, in contention for a European place or it'll put him on the radar for scouts and clubs in, in the bigger leagues outside of Belgium because perfect age, good performance, good engine, good pace, can, can hit a shot, can hit a cross. His defensive game's getting better. Um, yeah. A, a, a winner's medal around his neck is is just gonna it's gonna be the thing that's gonna take tick the box for most scouts. And he's playing for Genk in the Belgian first yep. division. Yeah. Yep. Well, he's up with Genk. Um, and then there's Jesse uh, Joronen uh, in Denmark. He had some he had some years at Fulham without really managing to make the the breakthrough. Uh, yeah. Working yeah. for him in Denmark. Lone stints. He had lone stints in Accrington Stanley. If who I remember. Did he not score a goal for Stevenage as well? Steve, that yeah, he did from his uh, yeah. It was a, it was a, a launched pinged goal kick or something like that, and it bounced. Yeah, it was that was 2015. Yeah, but he he got his he left Fulham. They were offering offering him a contract to stay on as as backup again, and he sacked it off and went to Denmark. Uh, played well, got his big move to to Copenhagen to FC Copenhagen, 
And they're they're fighting off mid Tulin now, but they're also top of the league. And I think two rounds left, and it looks like they're nailed on for the for the Danish championship. I think he's. I think he got rested. I think he got rested in the last game because I think if I, I need to. I might need to check the, the stats, but I'm pretty sure they've already mathematically won it. Yeah, it's it's, it's the, the gap's massive, so it's um it's looking like it's nailed on for them. Yeah. Yeah, but he's always been a good keeper, and uh, he's a, he's another one who kind of at the right time, uh, you know, he didn't uh, like Nicky Mampaz, sort of He lost two or three years when he when he moved to Brighton, and just didn't play in in, in his prime. And I think you know Joran was looking at that sort of like being a bench warmer for for a long period of time, and just decided, okay, I've got to go get games. He's looking, you know, he's looking great. I, I, I'm not sure he's in a place where he could compete with Luca because Hrdetsky's just you know phenomenal, but. It's always great to have another pair of pair of gloves that's uh, ready and you know winning medals. Yeah, the, what, you've also what are you now, Mark. You're in, yeah, uh, twenty. I'm going to say twenty-four. How old am I? What year is this? <laughs> yeah. so, you know, the goalkeepers have got a, lo- a long career. There's still time for him. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. But yeah, but he's been it. I mean, is it, yeah, I'd say I'd say he's, he's knocking around twenty-four. If he's not twenty-four, between twenty-four, twenty-five, that sort that sort of age. So he's got. He's got a, a long old stint ahead of him. And what about Casper Hammerlein? And I, I, I learned his name from talking to you over the years, and you kind of raving about him. And and, and he made a, a controversial move between clubs in Poland, and yeah. and he was banging in the goals. And yet, whenever I've seen him play for the national team, it hasn't really seemed to happen. Now, maybe he's not had the service over the the last couple of years. He hasn't really been starting for the national team in the last year or so, uh, but he's working at club level. Yeah, well, I mean, so he's not... When he was playing at... When he won the league at Poznan and when he his first two years at Legia Warsaw, he was playing week in, week out. Since then, the last couple of years, he's been sort of sliding down the pecking order. And now he's he's predominantly a bench warmer who they bring on if they're in lots of trouble or if they need to keep the ball in the corner for the last 10, sort of 15 minutes. Um, I, I like him just because if you need a goal, he can he finds the right position and he doesn't he's not too fancy, he's not too flary, he's just the kind of guy who pops up and you know gets you a goal if you if you need one. And that, that's that's what I like about him. And he's I think he's only scored two or three this season, but he picked up a goal against oh god, Jagelonica Bludrovic. <laughs> last weekend, last weekend to put to put Legia like um, I think uh, four four or five points clear for the first time because they've struggled actually this year to find sort of a bit of form. They picked up form towards the end of the towards the end of the campaign, um, and it looks like they're going to win. If they win, I'm pretty sure it's his sixth consecutive uh, title in Poland, which is just like mind blowing. He's yeah, 30, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, he's 32, 33, so he won't be there next season. He'll be moving on. Probably back north, I would uh, like. I, I would imagine, um, but um, but yeah, I, I, he's. I think he's one of those players that I, I, I've got a soft spot for him, and I think not many other people. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's anybody else's favorite player, but I like him because he's he's always good for a goal. He's his movements always quite nice. He's always he always wants the ball. I really like a player that always goes looking for the ball. Maybe we with the time time is is chasing on, so maybe we'll move on to some of those players that are not having such a good time of it overseas at the moment. Um, before bringing back an old favourite, Mark, and we'll have a little discussion about him after this. But but first of all, what's going on with uh, for Robin Ludd? 
Yeah, so Robin Lund's, Robin Lund's struggling to get a game. He's, he's, he's making 10 minutes here and there every other week at Sporting Gijón. Sporting Gijón, uh, four rounds left in Spain. Uh, actually, their game got cancelled the weekend, so it might be five rounds left in Spain. They are six points off the playoff places in Segunda, so they can still make a kind of a late run uh, for promotion, but they're not in not in great form. Lund was signed by uh, Ruben Baraja, and he was kind of brought in to play in the hole behind this uh, guy, Djurdic, who's a Serbian international forward. And they started the season pretty well in this sort of 4 4 1 1. So they, they, had, a, they had a pretty sort of flat, flat, flat formation. And Lud was in the hole with not that, not that much responsibility. He was connecting the play. He was arriving late in the box and he was getting goals. And everything was going kind of all right. In October, Baraja got uh, sacked. And he was replaced by Jose Alberto Lopez. And basically, since the new boy came in, they changed the system a little bit. Uh, they tried to play Robin in, uh, in in the middle of the pitch. They tried to play him as like a, a distinct striker that, or a forward that was playing off like high up. And they've tried to play him out on the wing. And he's not really sort of fitted into the to the to the formation or to the tactics. So he's not really been able to hold down a place since about November, which is just a real. It's one of those things, you know, it just happens, you know, it, ha- it happens every now and again. You sign for a, for a guy signs for a new club. There's lots of excitement, lots of anticipation. They were one of the favorites to be to be promoted. Two months in, the manager changes, fall down a pecking order. And then, you know, I've, I've been pinging a couple of guys uh, on Twitter who follow the Spanish league and they like him. Like they like him as a player. They think he's nippy. They think he doesn't score enough, which is probably a criticism you could you could levy at him over the years. But it's a big shame, and and also Puro Soiri. I mean, I I really enjoy watching him play for Bukayat. Same, um, same and, deal. Yeah, and and he looks lively, and he looks tricky, and he looks like he might make something happen. But mm. again, similar situation for him at the moment. Yeah, same deal. It's it, Puro's is a little bit more, I think, understandable given the change. So so. Ernst Baumeister was the guy who who brought him in uh, at Mirawaka. They were playing this four-two-three-one. So and he, he played basically wide, uh, like inside forward, flanking into the box. Scored two goals in ten games. Hit the ground running. Everybody was happy. Although the the, the club couldn't pick up much of a uh, much form. So Baumeister got the sack again at October, roughly October two thousand eighteen. Brought in this German guy Rainier Geyer. Geyer changed the, the the formation to like a three four three, which left Burusoy with either being the like the wide man on a four with the, basically the wing back doing the whole flank, or being like an inside forward in a front three. And he didn't he doesn't really fit into that. As good as he is, I don't think he kind of he's not a good fit for that kind of system. So, and, uh, is he better out? You think better out wide in a in a four? He's, be- I mean, he's better when he's got a fullback behind him. That's that's for sure. And I think when he's, he's 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 best at turning up late with pace into the box, right? Like getting around the back on the blind side or or getting between defenders. So if he starts up in the forward position, his movement's kind of stunted, right? Because he's really quick and he really wants to kind of make make a move. But if he's already in the box, um, you know, when the when the when the play comes forward, or if he's already high up. It means that he's got a marker usually quite close to him, so he's not ghosting off or, or dropping or making space. He's just he's sort of usually stuck with someone. And then we have Perpa Hetemai. This is the last of the ones we'll we'll focus on having a having a tough time. He's been at Kievo for ever. 
forever. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but this year it's not going their way. Yeah, bottom of the league. Uh, I think they were relegated two week, two three weeks ago. Um, down and out. That's a real shame. It's a real shame because I loved like Kevo or like they had they had a massive rivalry with uh, Hellas Verona. They had a huge sort of fight. Berpas scored twice. He's he's really good in the mid in the in the midfield. He's you know his usual self, picking the ball up, keeping it, distributing it, uh, getting himself stuck in, uh, trying to win win tackles and win free kicks as well. Um, but but they haven't been able to score a lot of goals and and they've been conceding too many, which is I guess the would old I, <laughs> the old cliche. Were they dock points at the beginning of the season as well? Were they not? Yeah, yeah, they were. So it, was so an up, it, it was an uphill struggle from the start for them. It it was, but I mean, but they've they've even even with that, they've not they never stuck together a run that made you think they could overcome like the the like the the, the deficit that they had. So they've never really looked like they could compete. And it's just such a big. I don't know. I just you know I love Berpa. You know he's he's just he's such he's one of those players that I I, I really enjoy watching him. Um, but it's uh, it's hard. Yeah, it's a shame the um, the uh, the Kievo fans really looked after us when we were in Verona for the uh, for the friendly. There's yeah, a, there's a bit of a link there, obviously, with Purpa, and um, yeah, they were they were they were really welcoming. So it's a shame to see the flying donkeys come back to earth. It was it's such a good the flying donkeys are such a it's such a good story. It's such a good like uh, so the for the for the uninitiated, uh, Hellas Verona said. I think the fans, a chairman or a manager said, "Donkeys will fly before Kiev will finish above us in the league," and so that happened. I think 2013, 14, something like that, and they took the nickname from then, like from that from that point forward. They said, "We're the, we're the flying donkeys now." <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah, it's just so much, you know, so much respect for that team and so much love for it. And so, you, onto your onto your discussion, and we're, we're we're almost at, at half time. But you wanted to say something about Roman Eremenko. Maybe you can give for the the uninitiated a little bit of background there, and then uh, what he's been up to recently. Well, a, a while ago, he was partying very hard and got caught after a Champs League game for CSKA Moscow with cocaine in his system, and he was out for for eighteen months. He came back recently, didn't make it in um, Spartak. Uh, Spartak, thank you very much. And then got himself a transfer out to Rostov. He's turned up at Rostov. And he's banged in. I think was he got three goals, eight games. He's been man of the match five, six times uh, since he's playing there. He's got assists. He's you know Boston. He looks if you watch that. I've seen that. I've seen the highlights. I've seen it. I've watched one of his games live. He looks fresh. He looks like he's he just sort of stepped out of a stepped out of a jacuzzi or something. He looks like he's had a year and a half holiday. Yeah, he looks. He just genuinely looks like he's 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 just t- t- took good care of himself and relaxed and not really added any miles to the clock. And he's looking as a player, kind of classy, like really, really, really good. And now, obviously, now that he's now now that he's back playing and he's fit and match fit, it looks like there's a lot of talk about him coming back into the national team, into the national fold. And how would how would he him being in the team change the dynamic of what's been going on in the national team in the last year? You know, like winning games and stuff. Well, that's I mean that's the big debate. So at least when he left, before he left, which was actually you know back in the in the dark ages. So so this was before I think Canavard put together a run of teams. Actually, if I remember rightly, he got done for he didn't get. I think did he not? I think he got dropped by Canavard. When Canova came in first as caretaker manager and went out and won in 
But anyway, we went, we went and won in Greece, and I think he won in Hungary as well. So was it Hungary or Romania? Anyway, anyway, in in when back when when Canova came in for the first time, he basically didn't pick. Um, he put Bojan Palo and Puki up front and left and did the four four two and left Roma basically out. And from then on, that's a team that's worked hard for each other. It's worked hard for themselves. That's uh, that's started to win games and looks looks it's looked tough. So, uh, what it depends what kind of Roma walks back in the door because when he left, he was the big shot, like he was the guy. And um, yeah, I don't, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm let, you you you're, you're looking a little bit nostalgic there. Let's see. Let's keep an eye on it. Maybe maybe come back to this over the next few shows and uh, and see how he's how he's doing and and obviously after the next show probably the next show will probably be after the the next national team game so we'll have something to, to talk about on both counts there um but that kind of brings us up to half time and our new half time feature of Yasil Lasipuli um maybe one one more time mark just explain what this phrase in itself means and then explain what this week's Finnish football phrase is so Yasil Lasipuli is and that's an onion which is, if, I mean, if for anybody who's tried to learn Finnish uh, or, or who's uh, yeah, who's spent any time in with, either with a Finn as their partner or or in Finland trying to figure out what people are talking about, and you get stuck with how the language is built and how how nothing seems to have any rules or make any sense, what the Finns will say to you is, "Yep, see you pulley," and it's 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 their version of yes, kind of the way it is. And uh, this week or this week, this month, I don't know, this show. This this show. Let's not put, uh, put weeks and months to it, for goodness sake. Because because he dominates so much of the headline. There's a nice one that uh, non-Finn, like any Finn knows this one, but but uh, non-Finns should be able to, to wrap their heads around it as well. Mali Kunku or Mali Kuningas. So we've got golden boots in uh, in, in, in English. Mali Kuningas is the guy who uh, who has scored the most goals in, in whatever competition that they're in. Demo Pukki is the Mali Kunku for the championship. It basically translates directly as goal king. Yeah, goal king. And I remember, yeah, do you remember uh, Boris Koko? Mm-hmm. Uh, he had, he, he would, like, I think he won it back in uh, 2015, 2016, something like that. And he, he was, he got paraded around the the Rops pitch with a with a crown and everything. So that was nice. Yeah. Okay, let's let's move into the second half and let's let Keke do a little bit of bragging. Let's start with the Swarman Cup. So, we, you made, uh, sorry, you made some predictions at the start of the last show. And while you talk about them and how clever you are, I'm going to try and show everyone uh, the, the picture you sent us earlier. So, please, t- tell, us, tell us what you said last time. We did. We spoke about the Sullivan Cup on the last show. And um, as you quite correctly remember, Mark, I made some predictions for the, for the four semi-finalists. Um, well, I'm saying that three out of four isn't too bad. And uh, EF Corner. Yeah. There's, there's, your, there's your picture you sent me. So there's, there's the, the, show the quarters down to the semis. That's it. So as you can see from that, um, EF Corner, Marianham, uh, Ilves, and Corpe Ve all went through. But the Inter Turku and VPS game went against my prediction with the uh, Vasa team going through with a 2 1 away win, as you can see there from the graphic. Uh, the semi-finals will be played next Thursday, the 16th of May. And we've got VPS at Marianham and Corpe Ver against Ilves. 
So um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. I'm not too sure if I'm brave enough to predict the uh, the finalists, but um, yeah. Come on, you've been on fire with your predictions later. We we, we what what do you think? If 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 I was if I was under pressure, I'm going for a VPS and Ilves final. Okay. What? We'll see. Yeah. How, how can you back VPS? I mean, like I know I know basically you've you've not backed them for a while, and they keep proving you wrong. But uh, there's got to be. I reckon I, I've got I've got good money that says Daniel Sherlin's going to lift uh, the Swarman Cup with Marian Ham this year. Yeah, I think I have to go Marianne and uh, Ilves, uh, and we'll come on to Ilves again. I think in in just a minute. So let's let's see. Let's we'll revisit this. When's the final, by the way? Who, who's who's got the date to hand? Oh crikey! When is the final? That's I think June is it? Yeah, it, it's okay. roughly June because they last year it, they they pushed it back to September, and then there was a bunch of complaints. But I think it gets sorted out. They have to work out the logistics basically after the semis are done. Let's see who who's playing who. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll take I'll take this down now, and yes, I'm back. Which is top, all... top quality sharing. That's yeah, that was that was that was not bad, was it? I'm I'm all right at this. Um, so we just talked about Ilves. Let's, let's have a look at some of the some of the things from the uh, from the Bakehouse Liga. There's been between six to eight games played by most of the teams. Actually, we had some games tonight. Yeah. Um, let's have a let's have let me have a little look here. I had it all organised and now it's all disappeared. Here we go. Um, so this evening, uh, Inter beat Rops 3-0. Yep. Ilves drew with Honka 1-1. And VPS drew with he- uh, Hoyiko Helsinki uh, 1-1. And I think there's a few of the key stories sort of summarised there. And my my first thing I wanted to say, and, and it goes on to why I think Ilves will be in the Sorman Cup final, they don't let in goals. All right, they, they've gone and let in goals tonight and ruined my story. But they had five games, five clean sheets. Mm-hmm. Um, now, looking at the looking at the table now, they played six games. They've only scored five. So there's a there's something in that as well. But they've only let in one. And um, we we uh, lost to them uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they didn't create anything and and scored this goal but we but but and and it was at the time i was just disappointed that that asiko hadn't done more and then over the weeks so seeing them just kind of keep clean sheet after clean sheet made me realize that there's something <laughs> going on there um and fair play fair play to the to to the team i i you can't you can't really argue with with the okay Five clean sheets out of six games, but still, it's got them at the at the top of the table. Uh, Twelve points after six games. Um, yeah, I mean, there's 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 now three teams on twelve points right at the top, but they've played one game less, and they've certainly let in a lot less goals than some of the others. Actually, interestingly, they're in second place at the moment. It's Asikor who've let in, uh, scored six and conceded four in seven games, and then there's Coops who have. <laughs> in seven games, scored 13, which is great, and conceded 12, which is pony. So, you know, there's there's something to be said for a tight defence, I think. Well, our, our old friend Rich Nelson spent many a year on the terraces of Highbury singing 1-0 to the Arsenal. So <laughs> yeah. um, he, he can relate to Ilves' current performance. So, yeah, if you're, if you're not letting in goals and nicking one on the, on the break or from a set piece, that's that's the way to do it. Yeah, and, and there have been a lot of draws, actually, 
this year, especially for the big boys from uh, from Helsinki. And I think, Mark, you've got a phrase to sum up how Hoyiko's season has been so far. Bang average. Yeah. And they were, I mean, again, again tonight against against VPS, they had they've had I think they had two two blocks sent off tonight and VPS nicked a, a late equalizer. But they're not they're not dangerous enough. They're not creating enough chances. They're up front. They've got that uh, Bueno kid. Uh, oh dear, he's. I, I think you know, like every now and again, you want to bring in a kid from from like uh, you know Latin America or South America and take a chance, and it turns out to be Alfredo Morelos, and it's like a year down the line, you've got you know twenty goals in the bag and a, and a million a million and a half euros in your back pocket. Everybody's happy. Every now and again, it's it's a lad like this Bueno kid, and. Uh, Okay, he's got to adjust, and it's it's you know it's, the climate's not great, and he needs to sort of find the rhythm, and he's not, you know, obviously not used to it. But he doesn't look sharp, and he doesn't look. He, he looks worrying. If if that's where if that's where Hoyuko fans are hanging their hat for, to get goals this year, that's a, that's a worry. But for the neutrals among us, um, it's <laughs> nice to see things being thrown open for for other teams to to have another try. Yeah, and I, and it's I mean the thing is the guy like uh, Torco won three three nil tonight. I cannot understand for the life of me how Valencia is back in this league at uh, Torco. Like how why I don't know why Hoyuko or, or I mean even Asiko could, could could have picked him up. He scored he scored five goals last year for Hoyuko. He scored five goals in the last month for uh, for Inter. So like he looks that's that Tur- Inter Torco team. It's the best Inter Torco team I've seen in. You know, a decade or so. So, which is not, it's not maybe saying that much, but it, it, it's generally looking like it can be sort of competitive and cause problems for teams. Yeah, I was. I, I made a list of the of the the three top scorers, and then of course there were games tonight, so it's all it's changed a little bit. Um, Boris has now got six in six, which yeah. is which every side would like a a six in six man. Um, mm. Then there's uh, Philip Valencic, uh, Inter. He's got five in seven games. Yep. Um, and then there's uh, Aristote Emboma, Totti, as we called him. He was at Saniocchi for a, a couple of seasons. Um, last year, he scored four in 27 games for Ashikor. Um This year, he's got four in five games for Mariaham. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What can I say? <laughs> Good for him is what, well, I, I, mean, yeah, what but... I want to say. Yeah, I mean, like, don't underestimate somebody like Daniel Schurland, like, moving the ball around in the midfield. Like, Schurland's a class, he's been a class act for, for a long time, and Marion now moved the ball really well. So, you know. Oh, I think, I think it's creativity. I mean, maybe, maybe we can move on to me whining about Asikor for, for a few minutes. Uh, this, but, but, and actually, that, and, and like the Sormon Cup campaign was poor. Mm. And, I think I said in the last show because I've been saying it to a lot of people that they're they're building a young team, they're building a finish young Finnish team, which I think gets people lets people get behind them. Um, there's still some frustrations on the terrace. I think that's built on a few years of of not delivering, um, but there is something. There's something there. Something's changing. I think last time, Mark, you said that. Um, Eremenko Senior uh, likes his teams to play mm. with, a, with a certain passing style. And, and also there seems to be a bit more emphasis on closing down. 
certainly when teams attack. I mean, we really noticed it against Hoyiko, the, the, the pressing from the front, and it was exciting. And um, th there was a noise that came from the from the cloppit end of the of the Oma Aspe Stadion on that game. And it just naturally grew. It, it sounded awesome being in the middle of it. And I think people I spoke to who were elsewhere said that there was a noise that they hadn't heard before. Um, <laughs> it, it hasn't come back every game, if I'm honest. Um, but but the, the, the generally the positive feeling is there. Um, I think Mossa is a player that probably, when he's on your team, you love him. And when he's playing against you, you hate him. And now he's in my team, so we love him. And and I think he seems he seems quite happy. He seems to really be kind of interacting with the crowd, and he seems happy in what he's doing. I'd like to see him doing it a bit further forward. It feels like he's he's sitting back a bit in that kind of quarterback role. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to see him unlocking the door around the edge of the box, which is perhaps why. Totti never scored enough goals last year because there wasn't someone doing that and hasn't been for a couple of seasons, really. Mm. Um, uh, Eramenko Jr. in the middle of the pitch looks good. He's hit a, a, hit a screamer the other day um, and he looks, a, he looks a good player, um, as does Serge uh, Atakai, who's on loan from Rangers. I mean, he, he looks... He's very direct when he gets the ball. He really tries to get down the wing. The balls coming over could be better. And he's a little bit light on his feet, shall we say, in not necessarily the most positive way. Um, and seems to end up on his backside quite often. Um, but, you know, there's, there's enough there to be positive about. And I'll, I'll say this, uh, they've got a Brazilian, uh, so they've got a Brazilian defender, uh, Joel Nadson, who's Song is based on the Flintstones theme tune. <laughs> and it works and it's good. Um, and I'm not going to sing. Meet the Nudson. Nudson. Well done, Laddie. And, um, and also a, young, a, young, a new young Brazilian guy, Matthias uh, Batista, up front, who is just starting to come into the games. He got his first goal a couple of matches ago. The fans made a big fuss of him. He seemed quite lifted by that. But again, he's not really getting the service, so it's difficult to know what he's all about so far. But um, we're second. And we were actually seeing we are top of the league uh, a week or so ago. Well, with a slightly with tongue in cheek, but it was fun to get it out. We haven't had that one out for a few years, that's for sure. <laughs> you optimistic? What do you reckon? Um, I mean, if all you call keep struggling, can you keep up with it, Ilves? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, our our defence is also not bad. Um, we've okay, no one's like Ilves, but we've conceded four in seven games. So I think at the back there's not a huge problem. It's it's and and actually it was similar last year. I, I remember complaining that we're not scoring enough, but we're actually not letting in that many goals. We had like the third best defense maybe and the second worst attack last year. Some you know something something like that. Um, yeah. So defensively we can do. It. We just need to get a few more get a few more goals in and give us fans a bit of a break. Let us enjoy the game. But when 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 the um, 
when we've got a couple of goals in the bag, then all the party songs come out. The old uh, Iggy Pop Passenger and uh, and Tequila comes out, and we can have a bit of fun. But when it's nervy, those songs are they're a bit dusty at the moment. Um, any, and that's me. I'll stop my pro Asicor propaganda now. Any any other things that you guys have noticed from the from the Bakehouse League? To be honest, it was just just what we've covered. You know, um, Hoyikor struggling. It's it's nice to see them languishing down in fourth and and not not running away with it straight away. So mm. uh, I'm I'm sure they'll they'll do all they can to uh, to arrest that uh, and put the trend back as as per the status quo. But it's nice to nice to see some other teams at the top of the league for a while. Yeah, I guess the other noticeable thing is that the two teams that came up from Ukkonen last year are both sort of sitting. Down at the bottom, so far, anyway. Corpere from Coca-Cola with just the just the one point. Um, so at, at, at least Hifki, I think Hifki won one, so they've won they've won one. Yeah. I think I think uh, Corpere and Verbeers, I think they they haven't won yet, and they look Verbeers look I mean, yeah, well they, they look like they're they're going to they're struggle for the rest of the, of, the, of the season. And then I think the other thing that I've noticed, I thought Rops would do a lot better. Because they got Stavitsky came back, although he, I don't think he's played yet. Uh, Boris came back. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure that he's played that much yet either. Um, and I, I, I sort of had a feeling that that Robs would be all right this this uh, this year, but but uh, they haven't they haven't showed up yet. Looking at the um, looking at the table, um, Robs's problem seems to be that classic football problem of they're letting in more goals than they're scoring. That is that is a recurring problem for quite many. <laughs> At least half the teams. <laughs> it's funny, funny that, isn't it? Yeah, they scored five and let in ten. So that's that's not the that's not the way to uh, to power your way up the league. That's, that's... so a big game coming up for you guys on Saturday. Then, markets, uh, you're you're away to Hoyiko, aren't you? So if you're going to keep this momentum going, you want to pick up a win down there. Yeah, and I've chosen the pre the previous two weeks to take a free trial of Rutu. And I've had, managed to get a few games. And this was because um, we were talking before the show, Mark, about how my my now fiance, Lady Sattu, has completely gone when it comes to football. She's she's at home now while we're here doing this nonsense. She's at home watching the Liverpool Champions League game. Um, she she's loving it. Um, and a week ago, she was poorly. She couldn't go to the um, Asicor Corpere game, and she was. She so I said, look, let's let's have a look at Rutu, and we took a free trial, and so I got to watch that. She watched that game, and then I watched the Lati game at the weekend, and I've got the Hoyuko away game to watch, and then I decide if I'm going to invest or if we take another free trial under her email. <laughs> um, but so yeah, I'll be I'll be watching it. I won't be heading down there. I'll be watching it and. It'll be it actually it'll be interesting to see how it goes in comparison to the game just from a, a couple of weeks ago as well. Mm. Um, it would be nice to put a bit of distance. There's a, there's a lot of drawing going on at the moment, which means nobody's really breaking away. Um, no one's won more than three games out of six, and there's half the teams have, have drawn more than more than three games. So there's there's no one really stretching it at the moment. Uh, and if Ilves are mostly winning one nil or or seemingly drawing nil nil, then they're not exactly putting their foot to the floor either. So there's yeah, a no, 
based based on tonight, they'll be without Kain Karin and, and uh, Ichijile. Uh, so there'll be two players. There'll be two players light. I mean, Asiko up in up in Senayoki, I think you know if the ball had bro- broken a couple of different ways, because because they started to press up towards the end of the game. I think even Mossa had a pretty good chance when he got he got led. He picked up the ball uh, middle just just in the in the halfway and had a, had a chance to break through and then sort of rushed his shot. Um, I think I think if you keep the press up, there's a fair chance you might be able to turn him over this weekend. Yeah, I think he. Uh, I mean, Asiko's top scorer is Dennis Olinik, uh, but I think Mossa's got a oh he's got one so far so he he we, we'll have a few goals from him um and and maybe it's teams like Hoyiko that attack that allow the, you know that then allow Ashikor to to do what they did last time so let's let's see i tell you what we haven't talked about and now's not the time but why don't we come back to it in the next show about the new structure of the league yeah yeah with the we yeah, are with a split uh, with the, in the last yeah. round, yeah. yeah, exactly. So um, we'll come back to that next time. That'll get, that'll get the crowds flooding back to hear us waffling on about the new structure of the Bakehouse Liga and how promotion and relegation is uh, is going to be worked out. I I, that, I know how to set up a cliff. A cliff that table. that plus the wisdom, you know, <laughs> the, the wi- wisdom. Yeah, yeah. Teams that don't score enough and concede too much. <laughs> Okay. I got it. I, I've still got it. I've still got it. Um, okay, we're at, we're at the end. It's, we're into injury time, and injury time is our new following feature. And Keke, this was this one was from you, uh, and this was from, this was Ilkea Temupuki at Ilkea Puki. Why? Why did you suggest him? He's just funny, really. He. Okay. Um, he, he... He, he tweets in. He tweets in Finnish, so you need a uh, a mild understanding of the Finnish language to uh, to get what he's saying. But it's um, yeah. I mean, what would be the uh, the, the literal translation of Ilke? Is it? Um... I think it's evil. Evil demo. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. Like it, 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 technically, it's mean, but I think yeah. it's not like uh, I, think, I think evil is the evil bookie is the is the best yeah. part. So. But... Uh... Yeah, he's uh, he's quite he's quite prolific, and especially at the moment, as Tamu is hot hot news at the moment. And um, yeah, if you can if you can get your tongue around Finnish language, then he, he's quite funny. But um, yeah, what did what did you like, Mark? There was one recently, wasn't there? That he... Yeah, but he was sort of like Brits. The Brits are sure tough until a, a Finnish guy turns up and puts a bottle of Yalu on the table, something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, Yalu being the cheap the cheap kind of uh, Yalu vina kind Moonshine. of. Vodka mixed with brandy or something like that. It's uh, yeah, it's Yalu's. Well, hey, it does the job, doesn't it? It it does our job. <laughs> hey, listen, if anyone's if anyone's interested, I've had a, a WhatsApp message from Lady Sutter who is watching the game, and after seven minutes, it's Liverpool one, Barcelona nil. Oh, and Ooh. I reckon that if we knock it on the head pretty quickly, we might just get home for the second half. Well, you you two are at home. I've got a bit of a drive to do. So let's go into the... To, to, let, let's, let's wrap it up there. So remember, everyone, you can you can keep in touch with us uh, through our various websites. Mark is at FC Suomi. Uh, we have regular reports on the Hukiad players around the world and, and looking forward to those upcoming internationals. You've been a little bit quiet lately, Mark, but I guess it, it picks up again soon with the, uh, with the international games coming along. Yeah, we've had some. We've actually had some technical gremlins in the uh, in the in the old internet machinery. So okay. we're, we're gonna, I'm going to try and get those get those sorted out. But uh, yeah, okay. And um, 
Explore Finland radio show is coming up regularly now with, with new shows. So I recently published a, a two-parter about uh, Kuro Distillery and their award-winning gin and their uh, rye whiskey. So if you want to learn a bit about it, was a, it turned into a history lesson and a bit about the business and then a tour of the distillery, which was uh, there was no drinking to be done, but it was good fun anyway. Um, and Keith, you write regular articles for the, I called him Keith, Keke, you write regular articles for the Stand fanzine um, at standamf.com, uh, which is uh, which is the Stand Against Modern Football. Uh, anything recent on there? Yeah, I had the uh, the recent recent article about the Nations League and my trip to uh, Estonia, which you guys are all all well versed and familiar with. But uh, for anyone who hasn't hasn't heard about my trip, they can pick up latest issue of Stand AMF and uh, have a read about that and have a look at my uh, WordPress as well, which is wordpress.com forward slash kekemulari. I'll add the uh, the links to both of those on the uh, on the show notes uh, like I did last time. Uh, remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Search for my name, uh, Mark Wiltshire, or search for the uh, the Finnish football show. Um, I've got something a little bit exciting coming up that I'll share about on the uh, on the Facebook group. There's something going on with uh, with some of the ASCII core fans going to be appearing on. Let's not say a rival. Let's say a uh, a fellow football uh, YouTube show. So in Finland. Um, well, I do hope they're not expecting me to talk Finnish because that could be embarrassing. You might decide you want a new host for this show. <laughs> um, the podcast will be following in a few days. And if I get my finger out and find the theme music, we can uh, call it quits. <laughs> I just realised I should have said goodbye to these guys. Bye, Keith. Hey. Bye, Mark. Hello. Yep, 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 yep.